0: Hi everybody, it's Erin and Meg. And welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. This
1: week we have a very special guest on. It's Nestle Mitchell, and she's the host of the Not My Problem podcast. And she is a black podcaster, so we love to support. And we're just so fortunate that she came on the show to talk to us.
0: Yeah, we really liked having her on the podcast because as you guys know in the past, We did an episode all about Black Lives Matter with one of our best friends, Ricky Belazaire, who is a black gay male, and that ended up being a really good episode, and we know a lot of you guys got some really good insight out of it.
1: Yeah, and I don't know, we just think it's been a long three months with everything that's been going on. Right when George Floyd started, I feel like everything just blew up, and we just want to keep the conversation going because, like... You know, after all the protests and stuff, it started dying down and things started kind of going like quote unquote back to normal. And like people kind of stopped posting and like talking about things. And like Brianna Taylor kind of became a meme. And like we just kind of want to just correct things and just like talk about things and just keep the dialogue open, you know?
0: Yeah. So if you guys follow Nestle on her podcast called Not My Problem Pod, Meg actually showed me an episode that she did called performative allyship is not welcome here and it was such a good episode and so meg thought it would be a great idea to have her on the podcast and we're so excited so we talked about so many different things from performative allyship virtue signaling and microaggressions and we're really excited to bring this episode for you guys and to let you guys meet her if you haven't listened to her podcast before
1: yeah nestle is so awesome she literally just keeps it so real She tells you straight up. And, like, that's what we're looking for on this platform. Like, we want it to be a place where people can say whatever we want. Obviously not, like, hate comments and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, we want to have these tough conversations. And we thought Nestle would be the perfect person to do this with.
0: Yeah. And we got her stamp of approval in the episode yeah and we, so we felt really good about that we are
1: nestle mitchell approved yeah, so, so not can, to not to flex yeah, but
0: not to flex but we got approved and so we're feeling we're kind of riding that high tonight and so we're really excited to bring this episode for you guys And overall, it was just really great. Like, we ended up sitting on FaceTime with her for, like, another 45 minutes after we, I mean, well, on Zoom, for another 45 minutes after we ended the podcast episode. So that's when you know it's real.
1: No, she's literally just so amazing. And we're so lucky that we know her and, like, that she came on the podcast. To not be too sappy, we're going to keep going along. And we're going to do everyone's favorite segment. So this is the Love You Mean It podcast. And every week we talk about what we're hating and what we're loving. So, this week, what I'm hating is paracoronitis. And I don't know <laughs> if you guys have ever heard of this because I sure as hell have not. I had not. Um, so, basically, like, I started getting these, like, pains in, like, my jaw, like, the back of my mouth, like, on the left side, like, where your wisdom teeth, like, should be. And, like, mine haven't, like, come out yet. Like, I still have all of mine. And, like, it just started hurting really, really bad. And it was just, like, a constant, like, dull pain. And so I called my dentist and, I like, I made an appointment. And it was, like, a Friday morning. I called, like, first thing. And they were like, okay, like, we can't get you until Monday at, like, 2 o'clock. And I was like, I can't make it that long. So, like, I just – I kept the appointment, and then my boyfriend's John, my, oh my God, my boyfriend, John's family friends like own a dental practice, like they're dentists. So he so kindly called them and like asked if they could see me and they squeezed me in for an appointment, like in between patients. And so I got to actually go in the next day, Saturday morning. And they looked at it and, like, they took an x-ray and stuff. So, like, basically what's happening with my mouth, which I literally hate teeth, so I hate talking about
0: it. Trigger warning, if you guys, like, hate mouth, teeth, or the dentist, fast forward, like, a minute.
1: Probably, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. It's not that bad. But so, basically, like, the way it was explained to me is, like, everyone has soft tissue, like, above where their wisdom teeth are. And, like, my wisdom tooth is breaching right now. So, like it's exposed so like bacteria can get underneath so that's like what was causing me all the like this pain and discomfort and like you can't like clean it with a toothbrush or mouthwash like there's really nothing you can do so he gave me an antibiotic so I'm taking amoxicillin right now I can't drink it's really sad and then I also have to like he gave me this syringe and I have to take mouthwash and like irrigate that part of my mouth and it's like i hate it it's like so weird because it like squirts everywhere but like it's fine i feel a lot better like the swelling has definitely gone down like i think like friday my face was like huge like i literally my left side of my face was like noticeably Mm -hmm. like swelled and so i'm just happy that like it's fixed but i'm probably gonna have to get my wisdom teeth pulled out like in a couple weeks or like a month or so i haven't like actually made the appointment But, yeah, so that's what I'm hating this week. I'm hating paracornitis. What are you hating, Erin?
0: Mine is definitely way more, like, just superficial and just, like, not in the serious. Meg's like, yeah, I have this medical ailment. And I'm like, I'm hating not being seen. (laughs) I've been talking about this with my friends and, of course, with Meg. But if you guys didn't know, we've lived in the same apartment. We're going on our third year now. And, of course, there's apartment buildings all around us and, like, small buildings. We live in, like, a. it's kind of, like a redone house almost so yeah. there's like six apartments in one house obviously completely separate but whatever but there was a building right next to us and i recently noticed that there is a beautiful man probably he's like over six feet he's very tall, so hot so hot dark hair I came out of my apartment building like two weeks ago and he was carrying a case of Bud Light Lime. So that's when you know. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just like I saw him, but I was like walking to my car. So I was in kind of a rush and he like smiled at me. But I was like so flustered that I did the like white person smile. Like you guys know, like with your mouth closed. like. Mm-hmm. And it was just not really how I wanted to come across. And I've seen him since. And I don't know, I just want to marry him. Like, is that too much to ask, you know?
1: He's just so fine. Like, he's, I've seen him and I'm, like, literally, My Type by Sweetie is playing in my head. It's like, that's
0: my type. That's my type. No,
1: that's literally me when I see him. He's so cute.
0: Yeah, and so that's just what I'm hating this week is that, like, if you guys didn't know, my room faces the front of the apartment, so I basically have, like, a vision like a, a view whole street to, like, view yeah street view like view of the door and stuff so like the front of our apartment and i can just see like his car parked down the street and i'm like i'm like that should be me by just a beeper like
1: <laughs> no aaron literally has never talked to this man but obviously she knows where she lives and she knows the make and model of his car
0: yeah so So. i was like do i leave a note on his car and be like hey i'm your neighbor i think you're really cute hi poppy (laughs) hey poppy chulo you should
1: leave him a secret admirer my number
0: is i'm like oh my god i'll go on a
1: socially distanced walk with you but
0: that would be so creepy like imagine coming down to your car and finding this weird ass note being like yeah i'm your neighbor
1: yeah uh, mm -hmm. that sounds a little creepy like i think it's one thing if you like bumped into him on the street and we're talking but hey yeah no, I get that.
0: But what are you loving this week?
1: This week, I am loving our plants. If you guys saw on the Instagram, we got two new plants. We got a cat palm and it's a it's a boy because he's just so handsome. His, he's a big one. His name is Arnold Palmer because it's a cat palm. <laughs> and he's just so luscious and beautiful. And we love him. Gives off really good vibes. We purchased him from Ikea
0: he's just so large like we have this corner of our apartment where our wi-fi box is that used to be covered but it's not anymore and there was just like so much space and something needed to go there and i'm glad we found the one
1: yeah so he's like next to our bar cart and he just like really spices up the room a little bit
0: and he really really adds to our zoom calls now
1: yeah um and then we got another plant it's called a Saloon. saloon? I think it's saloon. I think it's saloon. Yeah, and it's like a jungle, like tropical plant. Its leaves kind of look like marijuana leaves. So. We named her Mary Jane, but we're just gonna call her MJ. She's really cute, also gives off really good vibes. Loki, our apartment kind of looks like Rainforest Cafe right now because like we have these very large plants. Like we have blue ivy who is hanging from the ceiling and like her vines are like going everywhere.
0: Yeah, if you guys didn't know, she's like a trailing pothos mm-hmm. of some sort.
1: And then we have, you know, Arnie and MJ. And so like <laughs> they're all here to party. And then like <laughs> Arnie and MJ. Right across like we have our coffee bar so it literally is rainforest cafe
0: i used to love rainforest cafe
1: dude that was like my shit when they did the rainstorm i would literally like fucking drop (laughs) all my utensils and just like black out it it
0: used to kind of scare me okay
1: do you know what i'm talking about like do you know like that smell of rainforest cafe where it kind of smelled like like, that water, like, yes. misty water. It's,
0: like, it's kind of, like, that humid water. Yeah. Like, you know. No, and
1: then I used to love going in the gift shop and stuff, but it was so expensive, and I would always want something, and my mom's, like, I'm not buying you, like, fucking rocks. Like, we're going home. And I was, <laughs> like, mom, like, I really need this, like, fucking crystal or something. And she's, like, "Stop." No, but that oh, was my shit. I think I had, like, a birthday party there. Okay. And then I, I loved, like, the aquarium, too. mm mm-hmm. But then, like, do you remember they had, like, that lava cake and it was shaped like a volcano? Yes. And then they would put a sparkler in it. Mm -hmm. But then, like, as we got older, they, I guess, decided it was a fire hazard and they put, like, a fake, like... I don't even know what it was. It was, like, a pinwheel or some shit, like, on the top. And I I got it one time. I was like, what the fuck is this? I
0: was
1: like, where's my sparkler?
0: That's so funny. Yeah,
1: and then they sadly closed. I don't know if, like, every single one is closed, but, like, I don't think there's really any by us. Like, we're in Connecticut. Oh,
0: yeah, I haven't been to one since I was in, like, elementary school. Yeah,
1: I don't think there's really any in the Northeast. If I'm wrong, please correct me because I would love to go again when it's safe to.
0: (laughs) I'm just imagining, like us going to the rainforest cafe during covid and like getting coronavirus from the rainforest cafe like <laughs> would it be? i think that's it? like Probably.
1: the one place i would be like okay getting coronavirus would that, be rainforest cafe and
0: like starbucks to get the pumpkin cold through.
1: just the vibes of that restaurant like they're literally unmatched <laughs> okay what are you loving this week
0: all of meg's like hating and lovings are just so funny <laughs> but mine are just so basic and plain but like i've had a pretty basic week i i am loving this week Grey's Anatomy. So I've been watching it for the past like month or so but it's really just my comfort show my go-to. It's like a joke among me and my friends that I've watched it like 12 times but honestly like Meg and I were talking before we hit record that I'm just at the point in my life where like life is so uncertain and such a mess that I need to watch something that where I like I know what's gonna happen you know instead of just like wondering what's up. I mean like of course Meg and I are watching Downton Abbey still Mm -hmm. like and I don't. I've never seen that before. So that just adds some thrill to my life. But I just need something that's like super relaxing. And like obviously, Grey's Anatomy, all the death isn't relaxing. And I've cried a bunch. It just makes me feel good to have something to watch. And like the friendships, the drama. Yeah. You know.
1: I think it's just kind of cathartic. Yeah. Cause sometimes, like, I don't know, like when I like I have watched Grey's Anatomy a bunch of times too. Like I'm the same way. I need to. I have definitely have like comfort shows and movies that mm-hmm. I watch when I need to. But, like, I feel like sometimes when you're a depressed little bitch like me and Erin, like, you kind of just feel like you almost want to cry, like, some days. Yeah. But, like, you don't really have a reason to or, or, like, a trigger. So, Mm -hmm. like, you just don't. But then, like, something happens and then it's literally, like, everything that's ever made you sad just, like, comes out and it feels so good after.
0: That was literally me this weekend. I obviously, like, we didn't... We recorded the podcast before last weekend, but I was so sad, but I literally had no reason to even really be sad because, like, I wasn't on my period or anything, but that's just how the you cookie crumbles. You
1: don't need an excuse to be sad. Like, you're going to have, like, days, weeks, months, even you could have years where you're just, like, honestly not happy, and that's okay. Like, you don't have to consume all this shit that, like, is supposed to make you feel good. Like, yeah you can just feel what you feel and like if you want to cry and watch Grey's Anatomy and like eat ice cream like go do that like
0: Like, I've just been really loving my crying in the club playlist just because like the songs are good but I forget that like I made this playlist to cry so I'm like listening to like Beyond by Leon Bridges and I'm like oh my god this is so good and then I'm like wait why am I crying no I think you should link I
1: think you should link your playlist
0: okay because honestly it's I'll I'll, I will link it down below for you guys because honestly Mm -hmm. it's some of my best work like i play it all the time and cry but i just wanted to give a quick note to just like it's okay to be sad and it's okay like not to be okay Where you hope to do like an episode based around like mental health or something like that in the future but i don't know like this weekend like i've told you guys before i have a youtube channel and i did a weekend of my life vlog and i went for a walk on like sunday like because i was by myself this like this weekend and i went for a walk and like i only i normally do like six laps or something but i did one lap and i started crying like while i was walking and so i went back to the apartment and i was like it's fine like whatever and i vlogged a clip and i was like yeah i'm back and i started talking and then i started crying and the clip ended up being like 10 minutes of me just like crying and like talking to my phone i was like love therapy but
1: no it's it's just good to get it out like when you feel it just let it out whatever works for you and like if any of you guys ever need anything or need, like, a safe place to, like, vent or talk to, like, you guys can literally always DM us. Like, you're never a burden. You're not, You're not like, an inconvenience or anything. Like, please just tell us. Like, we want you here.
0: Yeah. And, of course, like, well, like I said, we definitely should do a mental health episode. I know we've been plugging it for months. It's but, in the works. But because September is, isn't it, like, National, it's, like, Suicide it Awareness Month? Yeah, it is. And so really want to shout that out really quick because as someone who has struggled with suicidal ideations herself, Mm -hmm. I just want to say that even if nobody's telling you that we want you here, you're needed here, you're here for a reason. Obviously, everyone hates that everything happens for a reason, but you are here because you're supposed to be and we want you here.
1: Yeah, and every person has something to contribute and there is no one like you. Yeah. So, you just got to remember that. And like like we said, if you guys ever need anything, if you're having suicidal thoughts or anything, like you can always reach out. Yeah, don't feel like, embarrassed. Yeah, it's literally nothing to be embarrassed about. Like mental health is not something to be ashamed of. Like I think everyone at some point in their life struggles with a mental illness or something.
0: Especially right now. Yeah,
1: like right now, like we really need to take care of each other.
0: But I guess before we wrap up the intro, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping. So I don't know if you want to plug the the new merch that you did.
1: Oh, yeah. So I actually like did some new merch and I put it on the feed this week. If you guys want to check it out. Yeah. If you have any like recommendations, any like certain colors or designs or fonts or anything like that, like just please let me know. I would love to do that for you guys. And I'll try to get it up as soon as possible.
0: Also wanted to let you guys know that there's a link in the show notes of this episode where you can support the podcast. We obviously don't require or expect anybody to, but it's always nice because then we can give back and giveaways or future ways to just make the podcast better in general.
1: And also pertaining to this episode topic, a couple, like a little while ago, I like added a support Black Lives Matter link, it gives you a bunch of places where you can donate and just like it has like information that's like really important that everyone should be aware of so just be sure to like even if you can't donate like just be sure to check it out and like just post as many things as you can because we need to keep the conversation going just because there might not be as many protests as before like we still need to keep pushing and like be there for our black friends
0: and we have two more things to plug before this episode ends. I just wanted to quickly plug the YouTube channel because when we recorded last week's episode, I hadn't even crossed my mind to create a YouTube channel. So I decided to create a YouTube channel for the Love You Mean It podcast. So every single week, you could not only listen to the podcast, but you can also go to the YouTube channel. It's in our the link in our bio on our Instagram that Meg will plug in a second. Definitely go check it out. You can watch the episode that we did last week with Katie. And you can also watch this episode as well. And... Maybe in the future we'll put other videos on there, but who knows. But for the time being, it's just going to be the visual versions of the podcast. So go subscribe, like, share with your friends.
1: And then if you don't already, don't forget to follow our Instagram at Podcast. We try and post every day. We're always posting stories and like interactive polls for you guys. Um, And if there's anything you want to have us talk about on the podcast, like feel free to DM us on Instagram.
0: But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everybody, we are back with Miss Nestle Mitchell and she's just gonna say a little bit about herself.
2: Hey everyone, so my name is Nestle. I'm a 24 year old from Atlanta, Georgia. By day, I work as like a data analyst for a Fortune 500 tech company. Very boring, very boring stuff. <laughs> but by night, I am a podcaster. I'm the host of Not My Problem podcast, which is basically me talking about whatever I want on a week-to-week basis. It's anything from like career to social issues, which has been like a very hot topic for me. And so I've been talking about that a lot. Um, my non-existent dating life, career, lifestyle, yeah. anything <laughs> under the sun, it's pretty much fair game. I also have a YouTube channel that I actually suck at recording um, and uploading for, but like it exists. So we, we're, we're working on it, but that's also Nestle,
0: Nestle Mitchell. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm kind of all over the place, but that's okay. me. That was the perfect one minute bio though. Like you, like you really have that down.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: I have nailed the bio. I can say that. <laughs> yeah. That's your
1: little elevator pitch. Very appealing. <laughs> Okay, so we do a segment every week what we're hating and what we're loving. So, what are you hating this week? It could be literally anything a product, what am I a hating this week?
2: men. So, that's, that's number okay. one. Because I had a moment where I was like, do I want to get back on the apps? And then I was like, do I love myself? And the answer is, I love myself. So, <laughs> I'm not on the app. So, that's <laughs> number one. Okay, girl, I, I totally feel tea. that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Megan's Honestly, a boyfriend because like, she can't relate. Uh, but no, I got but it. I was I was on the apps for years, so I get it. I am literally the devil. I am a veteran. Oh
2: <laughs> I put and my time in. Just like, you did you did your work and I you did, managed to make it work. out unscathed. <sighs> I wish I could say the same. But you know, quarantine, so I'm like, am I bored or do I, I like actually want to find love? It's usually boredom. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the exact okay, number you know one. That. And then the second one, I guess, I, oh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't, I don't honestly actually I take that back FedEx FedEx is the worst shipping company ever to ever exist they have (laughs) lost my package twice I'm so mad about it so that's like fresh on my mind I'm very I'm very upset yeah you guys have the face that like has been a permanent mood for me like and it's good like I bought Sephora products like I wanted to try these new products I was like and I saw that they shipped it with FedEx and I was like I'm not gonna get them it's just not happening It's not in the cards for me and of course i didn't
1: get it (laughs) no like my mom ordered stuff from sephora like um a couple months ago and it took her two months to get it literally two months it was fedex it was fedex trash horrible what are you loving this week
2: what am i loving this week i have deviated from my white claw um if people don't haven't listened to my podcast before i drink a, a lot of white claw it's like almost yeah. embarrassing what's your favorite i've flavor? done it oh lemon and lime for sure oh, Like, yeah it's a top tier flavor and people just like honestly sleep on it and they just like don't want to appreciate like mm-hmm. it doesn't taste like a like let's be honest like it doesn't taste like an actual lemon and a lime but it's still good it's still no, good. Really but good. i just I decided to deviate because I like started doing the math, and I'm like upwards of a thousand white claws during this quarantine. So it's, it's bad, (laughs) and that's like also a lot of money. So like white claw, if you're listening to this, please sponsor. Jesus Christ, (laughs) at white claws yeah, at white claw. So I've been moving to wine. So I've been drinking Nineteen Crimes, which is like a red wine. Oh, I love Nineteen Crimes. so good. And I'm like, a questionable man on the bottle? Like, that's Ooh. what I want to go for. And that's literally how I decided that I liked 19 Crimes. I'm like, oh, questionable man. Let's go for it. Let's
1: do it. Mama, I'm in love with a criminal. That's literally me. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Do you like Truly's? Or oh only way Claw?
2: I mean, I, I don't mind truly. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Truly Lemonade, like, kind of slaps. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. However, like, I need to be able to, like, down White Claws very quickly, and, and, like, with water, like, you're able to do it. Like, the lemonades, like, I can't, I have to drink, like, one over the course of, like, an hour and a half, because they're, like, so thick, but there's nothing wrong with them. It's just, like, not my go-to.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I was just wondering, because I feel like people are either, like, hardcore White Claw people, or, like, hardcore Truly people, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I sure. like, obviously, we can clearly tell you're a hardcore White Claw person, (laughs) but, My kind of girl. Of I knew I liked you. Oh,
2: thank you. I I've, I've honestly tried like you know they try to sprinkle in like the other um, hard seltzer. So I tried yeah. like that busy crap. Hmm. Would not recommend. It's mm-mm. I don't care if it has vitamin C. It's nasty. <laughs>
1: Why would I want vitamin C in my hard seltzer? Like, yeah, honestly, I just like, I'll just drink an orange. i yeah. drink some orange juice. I'm fine. It's fine. I'll just pop the straw into the orange and call it a day. Right. I'll exactly. just have a screwdriver. Leave me alone.
0: Oof. I love good. screwdrivers. That's good stuff. We love that. Okay,
1: okay so we're going to get into the first question. So we kind of talked about this a little bit. Obviously, like quarantine is the answer. But what made you want to start a podcast? Because I feel like there's a difference between actually like like wanting to do it and then doing it, you know, because it could just be like a concept, but you never actually follow through. So like what made you, like what pushed you to do it?
2: Yeah, no, that's a really good question because it's always been a concept for like the past like year and a half, which which I should have honestly like took that opportunity when like podcasting wasn't, I mean, it was probably oversaturated a year and a half ago, but it's like really crazy nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) my reason for starting a podcast is I really felt like, I was missing an opera, like I'm missing a place where people were talking about their lives, but they just, it seemed a little too like packaged and like pretty bow on it. And like, Mm -hmm. they were trying to say the right things. And even as like a 20 something and like there's so many 20 something podcasts, but I just like felt like there wasn't any like give it to you straight, say the like unconventional thing that you're like, ooh, would I have said that on my podcast? And like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. Yes. So I'm just, so I was like, I like telling my, my life story. And at first it was gonna, like my first draft of like what my podcast was gonna be was gonna mm-hmm. be my, my dating life and dating and, and relationships. But then I'm like, it's just like a very, it's like a cycle of me going on dates with trash men, <laughs> canceling them me going on dates with Chashman, canceling them. So, like, it doesn't – it wasn't really sustainable. But then I started, like, having, like, other c- topics come into my head. And then, like – but nobody really takes it in, like, another, another viewpoint or, like, another perspective, which is something mm-hmm. that I really like. And I've always been the friend that, like – you don't come to me for advice unless you know that like you may get some advice you don't wanna hear. Like Mm -hmm. I'll listen to your side and I'll always give you like the third party perspective, but I will also be the person to tell you that like what you did wasn't like the best or you're Mm -hmm. setting yourself up um, to have something happen to you or put yourself in a position to like allow something to go on in your life. So I wanted to use that space and use that opinion. I was like, I like talking to myself every week. So like, why not? Yeah. why not
0: record it and there's and there is how my podcast came to be I love that I mean like that's. I feel like I can kind of relate with ours too that I mean like I have a YouTube channel myself as well I just feel like podcasting is so different because obviously I mean we both love to talk but mm-hmm. like especially just with podcasting it does feel so like intimate and you feel like you can really say anything I mean like we've yes. done it in the past talking about like virginity sex like yeah. and like guys as well but I feel like with podcasting it's almost like I don't know, like, in a way, you're, like, taking that wall down, so, like, you feel free to talk about it, but also, like, it seems so private, because, like, you're not, they're not seeing Mm -hmm. you, like, you could be, like, anybody. Right, I feel like I get to be, like, my
2: genuine true, like, my genuine true self that, like, my best friends would be able to see, so Mm -hmm. I always, like, make a joke of, like, I would hate for me to, like, meet a guy on the app, they search my name on Google, they find my podcast, they would very much be able to see, like, they would know who they're dealing with right away, but I also would, like, like, the opportunity to show them that, like, I'm a, like, (laughs) <laughs> a put-together human being,
1: and I'm not just going to come raging at you about social issues. <laughs> no, but that's what I love, because I feel like, especially on social media, everything's so sugar-coated, and, like, we need oh, yeah. people to just, like, just say it how it is, 100%. you know?
0: Yeah. I know, and I feel like you do a really good job at that. I mean... From what I see of, like, how people view you, like, a lot of people see you as being, like, a really honest and relatable source. And, like, I feel like it's the coolest thing because there's no, like, facade, like, you immediately look you up and you automatically know, like, what you're getting. Mm -hmm. And everybody seems to be liking it. Thank you so much. That, actually, that honestly really means a lot
2: to me. That's something that I, like I try to pride myself on authenticity and being as authentic as possible and not just like, there is a way that you have to be like the best version of yourself, but I also think you can be a very honest version of yourself at the same time. So that's what I really try to strive for.
0: Yeah, and like, because we said you're like so authentic and honest, like how did you find the courage to be able to like get to that point to just like put everything out there, even when it comes to like talking about social issues? like, were there any challenges to that? Yeah, so it, it came to, like, what would people think? I think that was,
2: like, another struggle, and something that I was always, like, a little bit hesitant about my podcast is, like, what would co-workers think, because my co-workers are also my age, so, or around my age, like, the, i'm 24 the oldest person's maybe like 32 so they're honestly like not that far removed but you you don't you don't walk into work asking people what their social issues are yeah. so i was like a little bit questionable i was like ooh, like they know i want to start a podcast they will listen and they will support me because they like enjoy me as a human but i also know that they were they would be able to listen to my opinion and then i c- it came to a point where i was like no like as much as if they value who I am and they already like me as a person, then they would be able to understand my opinion. Even if they don't agree, they don't disagree, which is makes my life a lot more, like a lot easier. I'm able to have more candid conversations with people that agree with me. It's great. <laughs> um, especially about some issues that like, it shouldn't even be a debate. So I, I think my like confidence with it is if I'm able to be outward and have my vocal opinion about what's going on in the world and you disagree, I think we're finally realizing that like, We're starting to piece together, like the people that have just been silent and like disagree, but they didn't wanna lose friendships. And for me, and especially with what's going on in the world, like a friendship is not worth having if you don't truly believe in something that is literally my entire being or something that I feel so strongly for. So at this point, I'm like, I'm gonna show you everything that I got and it's either you're with me and you support me or you don't support me and like, that's fine. I just don't want you in my life. So that's kind of how I got to like being this like, outwardly vocal person
0: yeah i mean like that's a great way of looking at it like i remember like i follow a good amount of influencers and i remember i mean we're going to get into this in a little bit but when people started posting black lives matter content back in like june 1st and a lot of people were like oh i'm losing a lot of followers i was like it should be a good riddance it should be a don't let the door hit you on the way out like (laughs) bye like really like who needs them anyway you know like that's the way I was doing it.
1: Yeah. So something that like we like, I remember I listened to this a couple weeks ago when it came out. Your performative allyship episode. If you have not listened to Nesty's episode, we are linking it. It's down called below. performative allyship is not welcome here. It literally slapped me across the face. Like it was so good. Like I I was sitting there with my mouth open for like five minutes, and then I texted Aaron and I was like, "Bitch, I was like, you need to listen." to this podcast like this this specific episode is so wild and so she listened to it and she was like oh my god like we have to have her on the podcast and so like just your point of view has been everything that like the two of us has been thinking the whole time but like just haven't said like or haven't like we didn't know how to like articulate it but like everything you said I literally was just like yes like talking to myself how would you define performative allyship like what's your personal definition of it?
2: Ooh, I guess there's a there's a lot of fat. There's like a lot of aspects of performative allyship. For me, I guess if I had to like sum it up to a in the modern day world, especially what's going on at the moment, is like performative allyship is. It seems as though it's people wanting wanting to be a part of the movement, wanting to support the the every movement that's going on, but they're only doing it in a way that seems. Like they're putting out the content to say like yeah i agree but i'm just gonna put it out here so i don't get cancelled and i think that's a that's a big thing i think this performative allyship comes along with like cancel culture and even though they might deep-rootedly agree with what's going on they don't want to really put themselves out there really do the work and because it's more than just like putting a square like sharing some carousel pictures like yes it is great and dandy but i've come across a lot of situations where these same people are like texting you on the side or like saying things on social media where they're allowing questionable, actually not even questionable, I'm just gonna say racist, straight up racist things. And they're just allowing these comments to be said. But because it's like, I feel like people are having this, this is like, it's not racist enough. So to like correct someone, so they're like, Uh, I don't really know what to do and I'm like no if you are really an ally you're going to not only not allow that person in your life You will also correct them and tell them that what they're doing is wrong and tell them why it's wrong So I think for me performative allyship sums up to you putting on a facade online Which is something that's very common in social media Especially in this day and age is putting on this facade to show people that you are a part of a movement even but your actions don't necessarily align with your words
0: i loved what you said about how performative allyship kind of goes together with Mm cancel culture i don't know if you want to like expand a little bit more on that yeah how like people are because like it makes exactly total sense what you're saying that people want to put this stuff out there so that they're being seen as not quote unquote not being racist but like down like deep down the intention or the motive is to not get canceled Mm -hmm. right and and i think there's a lot to come with that
2: so with I think a lot of it is cancel culture and then it's this new thing that has come around in, in the movement of being like actively anti-racist because yeah. I think performative allyship is you not being racist like I someone that posts a square and posts carousels I, w- I would like to believe that they wouldn't post it unless they if they were actually racist but to be anti-racist is what we actually need to be moving forward because we've been doing this like protest like silent protesting telling people or you as an individual not being racist but like obviously that's not changing anything so now we need to push the white community to actually do something and actually put yourself out there and put yourself on the front lines to correct other people and but i think it's like quote unquote like taboo or you like shouldn't talk about social issues and you shouldn't talk about politics and you shouldn't talk about all of those things but now as these generations are moving forward I think Gen Z is like the perfect example of this like Gen Z they're they don't give a fuck <laughs> they're just out here and I respect it so much because with millennials and I I'm I guess I'm like the one the year like teetering from a millennial and a Gen Z year but with the millennials like we're we aren't on the front lines as much as the the Gen Zers are and I I can definitely Um, we're getting there and making progress, but you can definitely see the divide. But so I think that these people need to start pushing the envelope and trying to get people to think, not worrying about being canceled because are you being, how are you being canceled for doing the right thing? How are you being canceled for not care? If you care about all lives, like how? I don't, uh, the the all lives matter thing gets me me going It's getting (laughs) like, if you care about all lives, you also care about black lives. So like, please make that make sense to me. So with the cancel culture, I'm like, why are you afraid of being canceled? Are you being afraid of being canceled because you know, deep down that you are a problem. And at that point, like, you probably deserve to be canceled because it will humble you and make you realize that your views are questionable and you should probably take time to actively educate yourself mic drop literally mic <laughs> like
0: it's just I I just don't even know like literally like the all lives matter oh, uh, I just don't understand like where that comes from it doesn't make sense like somebody tweeted the other day and they were like they were like talking about like Hurricane Laura in Louisiana mm-hmm. and they were like I don't know why, why we're saying like to pray for Louisiana like what about Texas like and they were like they're like what about Maine like all states matter just like as a joke oh. and I was like And then you
2: realize how stupid people sound. And then you also, like, start thinking about, like, if all lives matter, you would wear a mask. You would go outside. You would social distance if all lives really mattered. So, like, are you saying all lives matter or you just don't want the highlight for it to be Black Lives Matter because you know it's an issue? Because if all lives matter was actually, like, something you believed
0: in, we wouldn't have a lot of these issues going on in this world. No, like, we would all be wearing masks. We would all be, like, I feel like that's the one thing that, like, People forget too is that like COVID disappropriate, like it disproportionately affects colored communities compared to white communities. And right. I think that's like what people mm-hmm. are forgetting.
1: So this is kind of a loaded question, but like have your coworkers, your friends, like acquaintances that are white been treating you differently since the death of George Floyd?
2: Hmm. No, mm, no. Oh, I guess it's, I, well, well, I like, would say as a whole, no, there are some, there are some sprinkles. So I will, I'll talk about like the, the odd cases and there are some like distance mm-hmm. acquaintances. So for, I will say that like, I'm not, I'm not someone who's like, I don't have white friends. Like I have white friends, but I will say that if, if someone's going to be a close white friend, you need to be woke as fuck. Like you need to care about it as yeah. much as I care about it. And like, obviously there, there will be that level there will be that distance like you won't be able to fully relate but I want to be able to understand I want to be able to feel safe around you and feel like you really truly stand for what I believe in that's I, I keep my keep my circle very very small like if you are someone that I consider a close friend like that is just something that is just required. It should be required amongst to be just like decent human being in general but you know that's neither here nor there. That <laughs> that just seems to be a problem across the board. With coworkers, I mean there was the the week of George Floyd was was an interesting a very polarizing week for me because mm-hmm. it was the week where all the protests were happening and I felt like I'm usually a very happy person. I'm very emotionally stable, I would I would like to say. I would like to describe myself. But that moment, like, I was just filled with rage all the time. Yeah. And working from home is very helpful because I, nobody gets to see that. I just get to go in my office. I close my door just, like, at my desk. But um, they can see the difference where they're, like, messy, like, you're not as quiet. And I think a couple of them were able to understand and they were able to not have to ask me, because I think it was the most, offen- it's like the most offensive for you to ask me what's wrong. Like, are you tone deaf? Like what's going on here? Yeah. So there was only one instance where um a, someone on my team had asked me like, what's wrong or what, are you okay? And I think that was like the most snappy I had ever been. I was yeah. like, are you really asking me what's, what's, are you really asking me is everything okay or what's going on with everything that's going on in the world right now? And I just like, <laughs> they just, like, it was, like, a silence, and I was, like, okay, moving on, like, let's talk about the topic at hand, like, I don't want to talk about my personal issues unless you are willing to support and let me unload on you, and I, at that point, I don't want anybody to, like, no, I just don't want it, so, and then I guess for, like, adjacent, and I mostly see this, if I'm being honest, in the podcast community, because I guess that's the only other group that, like, I talk to that's not a close friend. Like these are like some people that are like, I know, like I consider them like coworkers mm-hmm. in, in the same like instance. You'll have some reach out or some, some message in replies to my like Black Lives Matter episode that, had, that I put out the week of George Floyd and like performative allyship, but mostly the first um, episode that I put out. And a lot of it was supportive, but then a lot of it is, this is what I do, or this is what I have been doing to not seem racist. And there was an, one group that I, I was in, it was like a, a support group. And there was like nothing being said about it. And that just really enraged. I like the whole week there was like, yeah, people yeah. just pushing out content. And like, this is the same week that even like influencers were like, I'm going on pause, which mm-hmm. I have very strong feelings about. But like a lot of that was a performative allyship, which like deep root of the issue. I think that's where it all began yeah. in the black square but even these influencers who quite literally their job and the way that they make money is putting out episodes even they're like pressing pause and like not doing anything so for me to see that like enraged me so i was like this is why what you're doing is like fucked up (laughs) like i wrote a paragraph and then like left the group so then i had a couple people reach out and some were genuine and then some were like i'm not racist let me tell you why i wasn't racist sends me a pic of them at a protest i'm like what do you want me to do with this information Like, do you want a gold star? Like, what's happening here?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, like, that's really one big thing that I took away from the episode that I feel like, I mean, we already said that we're going to link it down below, but something that I thought was really important that you said is that, like, you shouldn't look towards your Black friends to validate you in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, like, you should be doing it because it's the right thing to do. You shouldn't be turning to your Black friends and being, oh, look what I'm doing. Like, I'm not racist. But I thought that was really important that you brought that up because it's something that, like might be overlooked, but they're not there just to, like, make you feel better. Right. Of, of everything that's been happening.
1: No, like, when you said, when you were in your episode, and you were talking about, like, how white people are, like, coming to their Black friends and saying, like, oh, I'm doing X, Y, Z, and you said, like, I don't congratulate a fish for swimming. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though, because yeah. I know, like, just, I know, just being white, I know so many people would probably just be, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to a protest, like, that doesn't mean that you're not racist and that you haven't benefited from this racist society that we're in like you have to take way more than that like you can't just you can't just be like cool with your black friends just because you went to one protest or because you posted a black square which was the most idiotic thing ever anyway but i'm not even going to talk about that but (laughs)
2: The black square was like, I I have mixed feelings because like the black square is fine if you're actually going to continue on. And I think it was, it was the first filter of people because I'm not going to lie. I was like going through, I was like "Mm, questionable. There's a difference between like not posting a black square and like actively posting like normal content on that same day. I was like, "Uh uh-uh, goodbye. We're not doing this. Like people are like at the beach. It's like, first of all, are we in the same country? (laughs) no the same, all, like, the
1: same planet right are
2: we yeah. in the same planet i'm like and then i'm like you can't be this tone deaf and then there was yeah. one like it was like a girl at the beach with like a trump flag i was like this is just straight up rude <laughs> i was like you gotta go like um, no 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 blocked no. yeah <laughs> blocked i was like i i lived with her my freshman year i already, i always knew she was a little bit racist yeah. but
1: i was like at this point like it's been five years you can go now <laughs> no the thing that like that kind of bothered me about it was how like yes i like that everyone was like posting stuff in solidarity like I think the, the intent behind it was probably good even though some people probably didn't were just doing it to be performative allies but like I think it was just drowning out resources and like you yeah. could pull through and it was just like a sea of black I'm like okay if you're gonna post a black tile like also like write on it like a link to donate or like just some sort of information instead of it just being like a, bl- a blank tile you know what I mean yeah
0: and then I know, like, a lot of people are using, like, hashtag Black Lives, Black Lives Matter, Matter, like, yeah. on them. Like, and no, then, it's like, this is the number one rule. Like, this was the instruction.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, do really do it. Said, like, don't, because you're, you're blocking out information about protests and everything. It's just, like, like I understand. Like, I, I get, like, the methodology behind it. But, like, I just don't think it was gone about in the right way, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: So, like, what are ways that you personally... Kind of try and see if an action that somebody's taking is performative, or if it's like made for the right reasons.
2: That's a, it's a that's an interesting question because I think in a way it is kind of hard to gauge. It's easier to tell for someone who like has a platform and is like a blogger, a podcaster, mm-hmm. but, but for like an a normal person, I. Think or I I guess, like, I don't like the word normal people. We're all normal people. But um, for, like, on my personal Instagram, if I was just scrolling through, I think, I mean, like, if you are posting very contradicting information, like, you, I don't understand how you could post a black square And then also be an anti-masker. Also support the orange man. I don't even want to say his name. 45 is what I usually call him. Okay, (laughs) I like that 45. I I just call him 45. (laughs) He's like a Lilo and Stitch character. He just gets a number. (laughs) But yeah, I think at that point, it's like a little bit harder to tell. So that you have to kind of like gauge it by how you personally know this person. And that's tricky water because like I do believe people can change. And I do want to believe that, but it is kind of like, you can't go from like zero to a hundred in like one Instagram post. So I always like start mentally like making, and making like a, a note of like over time, like, are you getting, are you actually living up to the thing that you say that you support or are you just posting it so people don't think you're racist? Because I think everybody's fearful of being called a racist and i'm like you wouldn't be fearful of being called a racist if you didn't do racist things and that's just kind of how that works mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's all, all like an interesting take but for the uh, for like the influencer community and like podcasters it's interesting and i like try to gauge like performative allyship is are you only posting information when like there's a headline of like another black person dying like the 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 gap between George Floyd and like Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and then there was like the protests were happening but there wasn't like a new person that was like Mm. on the headline so then like after a while you could tell like it was just like kind of going back to normal and obviously like I don't expect the world to just stop every single day um there is that there is the privilege of being able like the the white privilege and being aware of it is fine but there is white privilege to be able to check out of it Mm, and carry on with your life like as even though I'm not posting about it every day, like it's still something on my mind. Every time I drive and I see a cop car behind me like that. It's just something that's like constantly on my mind. So I don't expect like the Instagrams and the Twitters and everything else to just like every single day be about Brianna Taylor and everybody else going on. But for it to be like dead silent and then the next person, like the new headline and like people are like, Jacob Blake, we're back. And I'm like, but what do you... Like, there's a disconnect. Something's not adding up for me. Like, do you really mean it? Or are you just like, oh, here's the next carousel for me to share. Like, let me just click it and share it. No resources, no information. Just like click share. That takes like literally three seconds to do. So I'm like, do you really mean it? Or are you just going through the motions?
0: Yeah. So the kind of like one, I will, I I think some, I think it was on Twitter and like someone shared on Instagram and it was like a picture of like the all Black Lives Matter mural that they have like in LA, the one that's like on the street and they made like, a permanent mural and they just wrote it, but it's like around the corner from where those three trans women were like attached and they still haven't gotten arrested. Yeah. So everybody was like, that's literally the definition of like performative activism.
2: activism. Oh, that's that's so frustrating. And yeah. and the fact that that, like I I don't, I haven't heard much about that. I, I know that they're just, it's like hard and it really could like mentally draining to like constantly oh. be up. And try to be up to date on everything that's going on. But yeah, that's like a perfect example of putting these murals on the wall, like putting like Brianna Taylor is literally a meme now. And that's just like so frustrating. Like as much as I love to see her on Vogue and love to see her on on um Oprah's magazine, like, but who's calling officials? who like there is absolutely no reason why there shouldn't be more pressure, but like now everybody's like just counting the days and like sharing it on Instagram. But I'm like, this is this is what we mean. Like, you're saying this, and you're turning it into this like weird, strange meme. They're like sharing posts from Chelsea Hamler, which like, well, I, I hate that woman, <laughs> like dare I say, like there, this is, if there was somebody that grinds my gears like more, and she's like one of those people that are like, she changed, I'm like, she has a Netflix special like, making money off of her white privilege. I honestly don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, so I, it, that's super frustrating. It's, like, key examples of, like, performative allyship, like, let's do this mural, let's do these photos, and then, like, the
1: next thing happens, and it's, like, new
2: mural, new photo, and I'm, like, okay, but are you gonna do anything about it?
1: No, that's what's so frustrating, too, like, people like Oprah, who have all this influence and power, I'm, like, you could, you can't, like, call someone, you can't, like, pressure, maybe even throw some money at the issue, I know, like, hire better attorneys or something, like, I don't know, like, I can't believe it hasn't, no one's gotten arrested, like,
0: I know, I love that you called out Oprah in your podcast episode, I thought that was, like, Oprah, you have, you have money and resources,
2: oh, let's talk about it, (laughs)
1: like, I don't, like, I don't understand how you can highlight it and then have that huge platform and, but not do actively do anything about it. Oh my gosh.
2: And I guess, I guess in their way, like if I were try, were to try to understand, I guess it comes from my, as much exposure as possible. But at this point, like the world knows, like mm-hmm. it's very obvious. We've moved past this whole, like, oh, like, I don't understand this story. Like she's going to be a household name for like the yeah. suckiest reason. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know you kind of said, like, you talked about this a little bit, but, like, have your social media habits changed? Like, do you find yourself going on less, like, because of all this stuff? Like, is it just, like, a trigger for you? Or are you, like, do you want to go on and, like, be up to date? Like, what's – or does it change day I to day? I
2: guess it changes day to day. At first – well, uh, yes. At first, I – was really, like, not on it that much. Um, Mainly Twitter. I thought Twitter was, like, one, it's unfortunate that Twitter's, like, the best place to get, like, unbiased media coverage. So I would always go on Twitter to consume, like, especially with the protests, like, actual, the full video and not just, like, the 30-second snippet that, that they show on, like, all of the... Uh, media channels which are all run by the like the same two companies anyway so like they're Mm -hmm. definitely choosing like what information they want to show you but so I was on there and then at one point I was like this is just like mentally draining and then I would go on Instagram and I was like oh like there was a point where I was like oh these are like a lot of carousels there's like a lot of new information so like the account like so you want to talk about blank and then like I think that's a very great resource to like get started and just get like blanket level educated on something or in shit you shit you should care about that's another instagram account that i really enjoy listening to and especially their podcast i highly recommend listening to their podcast it's really good it's always interesting listening to new zealanders and like outside people care more about american politics and than like actual people in america i know honestly insane Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i so and then so then i got to a point where i was just like okay we are now, we're at the stage of quarantine where people are either going to do their own work, and I don't obviously, like, I never expect everybody to post every single thing that they're doing online mm-hmm. and for social media. Like, I, I at that point, it, that becomes a little questionable. Like, if all yeah. you ever do is post about your resources, then I'm just like, okay, like, what are you doing outside <laughs> of that? So, like, I guess that's a double edged sword of like, okay, what can, like, am I doing enough or am I doing too much? And then that becomes its own, this own little thing. But all in all, I would say I've just in general, like cleared out my social media because I was just like going through endless cycles of like Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, and like, re- like going through it. I was like, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah. So now I just have Instagram and I just consume Instagram and I, I wa I'm a Twitch person now. That's who I, I don't know Ooh, who I've become. Really I'm, I'm a Twitcher, but um, I watch this Twitch streamer that actually does um, political commentary. Ooh,
0: so that's how I that's stay cool. up to date on my information. So that's good. Yeah, I did the same thing. I like, well, I mean, kind of at the beginning of quarantine in general, I like deleted my Twitter and like my Snapchat and I only have like Instagram now.
1: Yeah, I think you kind of need to like, just go through and just like, delete people i know like i unfollowed people that weren't like posting black lives matter content and just like or the people that i thought were performative allies who just posted the black tile and then like never posted anything again mm-hmm. i unfollowed a lot of people from my high school that like i kind of knew were were probably racist yeah but like did you kind of have like a mass unfollowing where you just like went through and just unfollowed people
2: mm, no i di- i did it Okay, well yeah, yes and no. So I unfollowed like the it was like a kind of unrelated to like Black Lives Matter. If there were people that followed Trump, you were the first one to go. Like, Like even if you and I didn't even care if you like follow because people follow him to stay up to date but like honestly no <laughs> like I don't want to know what that man is doing so like they were the first ones to go most of which I was able to gauge if like okay you actually like don't support him but you just mm-hmm. probably follow him to stay up to date but those were the first people to go the second people were to go were like the the people that clearly don't care about coronavirus and then like you probably there's probably more going on there and I'm like in the back of my head I was like you're probably a Trump supporter anyway so like my freshman year roommate goodbye like you gotta go and then this and then the third round was like men from the apps and like Mm -hmm. they're posting I was like I should have first of all I should have unfollowed you to begin with and then like now I'm just like oof like do I do I want to keep you in my circle and then I'm like okay some of them are like actually good allies I was thankful to know that I only unfollowed maybe like two of those people because I was like I'd be very upset to find out that I went on a date with someone who was
1: like a Trumpy or an oh, anti-masker. A Trump-y, okay, I would, <laughs> die. I would die. No, but that's die. What, when I was on the apps. Like I would dead-ass, like one of the first things I would ask people would be like, "Are you a Trump supporter?" It's important. Cause it's
2: important. I I don't give a like. I don't. People are always like, "You shouldn't talk about politics, religion." I was like, "No." no. No, I need to know. And then the one other thing that I had to like add, which most people you would think you like you wouldn't have to add this, Mm -hmm. but I learned this the hard way, is I have to start asking people, are they flat earthers or not? (laughs) Because I went on a date with a flat earther, and I will never do that again. (laughs)
0: Oh my god! I cannot imagine being like an actual flat earther. Like like we did like a a conspiracy theories episode, and we talked about that, and I just like cannot imagine. Did did you go to like a convention with him? (laughs) No, he, like, said, like, he said, it wasn't blatant,
2: like, he, we were, like, on this, like, mountaintop, and he was, like, you can see this, like, this other mountain, and I was, like, yeah, there it is, and he's, like, you shouldn't be able to see that, and I'm, like, oh, no, (laughs) and then, so I I let that one go, and then he said something else, and I was, like, so, I feel like I need to ask, so, do you believe the earth is flat, and he was, like, are you a roundy, and I was, like, what? Mm -hmm. And that's oh, when I learned wow. what a roundie was. And then I I spent like the next day on the Flat Earth Society forums oh, reading, God. and they call they call us roundies. That's what oh, we're called. Roundies.
0: The people that know that the Earth is round. The,
2: I so I you didn't Don't know,
0: believe in science. You're not a label. <laughs> yeah, I mean now we have a label. I didn't know was...
1: that. The more you know. Oh, <laughs> the more you know. No, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I, I just feel like before. 45 came into office like (laughs) if you said you were a republican i was like okay like i don't like agree with you but like i can respect it somewhat but like this if you say you're a republican currently at this point at this point
2: it's a problem like what's first of all and okay and then i will i do think there's two there's two republicans the most of there's like the ones that are republicans that actually like think Trump is a logical human being, they're psychos. Psychos, they're racist, run away from them. Do not ask go, do not collect 200. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. And then there are the other Republicans that are like, they have their own issues because like, I think there's just like a lot of privilege that comes with like some Republican views. But if you are a Republican and you are still able to say that you don't support Trump, then it goes back to like the the prior to the Trump administration, where I'm like, I don't wholeheartedly agree with you, mm-hmm. but if we can both agree that Trump is bad for America and then now his entire platform is only Trump can fix Trump's America. I was like, yeah,
0: because you fucked
2: it up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm.
0: get away from us. I don't want it. Yeah, so we kind of wanted to switch gears. Well, not really switch gears, but talk a little bit about virtue signaling. And like, you're gonna- okay. Okay.
2: Someone has to tell me that. I have it like a mental idea of what virtue signaling is, but someone will have to
1: tell me. I have a definition. Okay. So it's the action or practice of publicly expressing opinions or sentiments intended to demonstrate one's good character or the moral correctness of one's position on a particular issue. (laughs) So this kind of goes in with performative allyship. And I feel like so many people, I see this all the time. Like I didn't know what it was until I saw, like, an infographic, and, like, that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it, because, like, we need to, like, stop doing that, and, like, actually, like, it's one thing to, like, spread information, but if you're not actively doing anything about it, then that's, like, what's the point of posting it, you know?
2: Right. Would virtue signaling be, like, an instance of demonstration? of i guess we'll use it in like a group setting like if i was hanging out with a group of people and then like a karen decided to tell us about like <laughs> she's like i like corrected this one person that said something racist and like not that wasn't the conversation at all they were just like outwardly speaking it out into the world to like prove or show that they yeah. are yeah. a good person
1: yeah so oh, it's, yikes it's basically like <laughs> it's basically, yeah, it's it's kind of, like, the act of, like, posting someone and, like, making a huge scene, like, showing that you aren't racist and, like, condemning everyone that hasn't done the same thing kind of thing. Oh,
2: that's so cringy.
0: That's yeah. no, so bad. It's, it's so, like, self-righteous.
1: Like, <laughs> I hate it. It's, it's like, literally embarrassing, but, it's like, so you see people do it all the time, like, and we need to stop doing that, y'all, because it's, it's embarrassing. Like, and I mean, even across the board, like uh,
2: race aside, you also see see this with um with the coronavirus because I feel yeah. like there are either two types, like the virtue signaling. It's on two extremes. It's like the one person that will go out and say these people are like the devil. They're racist. They hate everybody for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. And then the other people are like, I'm gonna wear my mask. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't know why I came up with that accent, but that's what I decided to use.
1: I thing. don't know, I know but, like, it, I it worked it, for right? it worked. So, like, we were kind of going to talk about, like, how do some white people embody, vir- like, virtue signaling. So, like, an example <laughs> we had is, like, they might claim to be anti-racist or woke, but, like, they still benefit from the society, that, like, the racist society. And, um, like, just because, like, you post, like, a carousel or like something like that that doesn't mean that you're not racist
2: right and I oh that's a that's a good point and I I guess with that is there is that that I don't want to call it an issue but I guess I like something that white people have to deal with even if you are a quote-unquote white you still like inherently benefit from mm-hmm. a lot of things that like black people like don't they don't have that privilege and they don't have that experience so i so with that i'm like i don't want you can tell me that you're not racist all you want but like you also need to be able to humble yourself and be like an an like a self-actualized individual to be able to say yes i'm not anti-racist but i can't help but i can't help do anything about the fact that i was just born into a body that allows me to have different experiences and benefits from somebody else. So I, the virtue signaling does become annoying in that regard, because you'll have the people that are like, well, I'm not actually racist, but aren't self-actualized to be able to say like, okay, I'm not racist, but I do benefit from like extra things and not be able to combat it with saying that, like, oh, but there are other, like, means, like, affirmative action, blah, 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 like, I struggle too, blah, 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 and I'm just, please stop talking to me.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's just, like, please shut up, like, you can (laughs) literally hear the privilege, like, dripping out of their mouth. You
2: hear the privilege jump out, and, like, the the one thing that I say to people is someone who genuinely wants to be an ally and genuinely wants to have, like, a Black friend in their corner is, for me, like, I don't correct people, like, people that I know are, like, useless, I won't Mm -hmm. call them useless, actually, yes, I do want to call them useless, if they're they're hopeless, like, if I know that I can't do anything to educate them, or even if I told them that what they said is problematic and gave them a very basic summary, because I also very, like, strongly believe that I'm not about to tell you about something that you should probably research on Mm -hmm. your own time, Mm -hmm. but if, I think people need to, like, not be defensive, because for me, I, if I'm telling you that I think that you have the mental capacity to take what I said, understand that it's wrong, and then go educate yourself f- further, because I have experienced like or experienced seeing uh, people say like outlandish things, and I'm like, you're not worth the time or the effort, like you're not going to change. You are a lost cause. So I think that's like my one advice um, is don't get defensive. Honestly, at this point in age, like people, like as a black friend, like I even if I'm like not being rude or not trying to come across as like aggressive, but I'm not going to give people like a sugar coated answer. I'm like, no, what you said is fucked up yeah. and now that now go, go take that information and better yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's where like white people specifically get all caught up is like, not, it's like they get too defensive where it's like, mm-hmm. you need to be learning from like what you did and like what was wrong.
1: Yeah. Cause yeah. everyone, everyone wants to believe that like they're a good person. And by, like, them getting confronted that they are racist, it's, like, it challenges that belief. So then they get – they automatically get defensive. And then it's, like, you're not going to get through to them because they're just worried about defending themselves instead of seeing, like, what they did wrong. Yeah. Which is so frustrating. There's, like – It's frustrating. There's – and I just feel so bad that, like, you have to, like, go through that and just, like – I don't know. It it just – Yeah. It's just –
2: It's a rough time because, like, now – like it is mentally draining to have to like constantly see everything that's going on in the world but we are at a place and i do think that the 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 pandemic allowed people to be able to pause their life and not go just go about their day and be able to see like the injustices that were going on because like just imagine if the pandemic like didn't happen or wasn't going on right now and it and all of this happened this would just be another Trayvon Martin like Emmett Till like this would this would be a thing that was on the news maybe people would protest because they did protest last time but like like let's be honest like a lot of people are at home because like the unemployment rates are so high like they're just like out here willing to be on the front lines So I think white people just need to like sit down, humble themselves. Like it's not, it's not about you. And I think that's like the main thing, like people want it to be about them. They want to feel personally offended. They, they want people to think, not think that they themselves are the racist person. And I'm like, no, this whole thing is not about you. Like if you are not a black person, it's not about you. Like, and you need to be able to acknowledge that and put yourself and be, Like self-aware and say this isn't about me or even if like someone's correcting me a black person's correcting me this is because what I'm doing affects the people that I'm around because typically like you'll surround yourself with people that are like-minded like you so if you allow this in your day-to-day actions and you surround yourself with other people you're probably allowing it in their space and the whole purpose of this is at this point, like, the Black people already know about racism. We've already corrected the people that are around us. And because if they were racist, they're not around us. So at this point, like, we've done all that we can do. Like, white people, they created this issue for us. And they're literally the only ones that can take us out of it. Like, you guys need, like, they need to change their own mindset. So, like it's not about,
1: it's not about the white people. I need the white people to understand. (laughs)
0: It's not about you if you're listening to it. Like racism (laughs) is not a
1: black problem. It's a white problem. And it's like something that we all need to just like, it's uncomfortable, but we have to sit in that. Like we just have to deal with it. And like, we might not have like actively like done things like in the past, like our ancestors or like set up these institutions, but we have benefited from them and we have to like make sure that everyone's getting equal chances now because it's been hundreds of years and like we're still doing the same shit like nothing is right it's just it looks a little bit nicer but it's the same like nothing's we've rebranded it's the same shit we're selling the same shit though that's all
0: (laughs) i think it's just like the same as when like an influencer will be like almost an influencer will be like or something for like being racist and like the comments are like from their white followers being like oh my god it's okay girl like don't worry and everyone's like this apology is if you're not black you can't accept this apology like i think jeffree star is a very
2: a very perfect example of that him and his cult followers (laughs) well he'll make his apology videos that are actually apologies um and then the, the white counterparts are in the comments like it's okay growing and i'm like but he's not <laughs> and like that goes like across the board with like a lot of influencers it, yeah. it will be white people commenting saying like it's okay like you didn't really mean it I'm like
1: no yeah no <laughs> no I think they did
0: <laughs> I think they're
1: just they sorry because they're it. getting called out for it that's all exactly exactly um, we're all here for accountability culture but yes uh, cancel culture
2: you get canceled if you're like at, at this point I don't even think it's cancel culture because, like, in theory, like, people aren't actually getting canceled. Mm-hmm. They're, like, when's the last time someone was quote-unquote canceled and they were, like, actually canceled? Yeah. But that doesn't happen. No. They were held accountable and people had to correct them and maybe they they corrected their actions or they made their, like, 40-minute apology video about whatever (laughs) and then they go about their day until there's like the next thing that they need to be like corrected for and it's just it's like a constant cycle and i do think it's no longer cancel culture it's accountability which shouldn't be a bad thing like someone you should be willing to learn if someone is saying i won't support you unless you take credibility and take accountability for your actions because you're saying things that are no longer socially acceptable the person that only the only person that i truly believe should, like, generally, like, straight up be canceled beside if, like, you were, like, a sexual assault, like, you're yeah. goodbye, yeah. that that one. And so, but the other two people are Jeffree Star, because I don't care what he says, that man, that man has problems, and Shane Dawson. The, yeah. Those two people, goodbye.
0: There's Bye. there's no helping you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, like, too far gone at this point. Yeah, But yeah, kind exactly. of, like, a darker question, I guess, is that, like, I mean, I know, like, me personally, I've seen these, but people will repost, like, Black Lives Matter posts, and it will show, like, photos or videos of black Americans dying? Do you yeah. believe that there should be like a disclaimer a trigger warning before that? Or like just not post them at all?
2: I I don't think people should post them at all. I do mm-hmm. think, I, I do consider it like trauma porn. Like people just mm-hmm. like wanna share the information. And like, in a way, like yes. Like I guess it's like when the people that share it, like you can clearly tell that they just wanna like expose or show the message and show what's going on in America but at this point like we know we know what's happening like i don't need to see the video like the video is helpful for like police records and showing um holding accountability because like for ahmed arbery i really don't think anything would have happened if that video hadn't like hadn't surfaced like so there are silver linings in that but like that could have just been surfaced to the police like we didn't need to see Mm. it on instagram and if you are gonna post it which i i don't know that many black people that honestly like want to see it um because it's just very triggering and very sad to see i would lit- i don't i don't remember the last like video i actually watched actually i think i watched like a couple like the very first like two minutes of george floyd i watched the first couple of minutes of george George floyd and then i was just like this i can't watch this no No. he started crying for his mom i was like yeah when i when i heard that that was in the video i was like yeah i'm not watching i can't i can't do it no and i'm just like i so i'm like i really wish people wouldn't and i wish like facebook who, who's running the world would like not put that on there they take down literally everything like yeah, god forbid yeah. someone a girl shows a
1: nipple but you're yeah. like out here letting people post freaking people getting murders on instagram person,
0: seriously oh it's
1: bullshit it's such bullshit it's like i don't know i i just don't think that like they should post it at all i think if you want to watch it for whatever reason that is like you could seek it out like seek it out yeah yeah, like look it up instead of like it being online because it's i feel like it's so triggering for so many people and like you shouldn't be scrolling through your feed and then just see that like that's fucked up and like i think people are like desensitized to it some people are and like they shouldn't be i don't know
2: yeah yeah people are definitely desensitized to it in a way they're like, oh, this is, like, another thing, and I'm like, that's a problem, like, you should, first of all, and it's, like, not content, like, Black people dying at an alarming rate by police brutality is not content, like, what? Oh, my gosh, and it's usually that one guy, what's his name, Sean White or something like that? Yeah, yeah. He's literally the worst, and people, people think that he's good, but he's really bad, (laughs) like, he's not a good person. No, that's why I just
1: love Twitter, because they literally- like give you a play-by-play of yes. like what happened they give you what you need to know and then like it's great too because a lot of the stuff from twitter like ends up on instagram too so like if mm-hmm. you don't have twitter like you can always use instagram but so now we're going to kind of transition a little bit and talk about microaggressions
2: we love it. We love it. I know. <laughs> and I'm
1: sure you've experienced a lot of these, honey. So Oof, yes. Like, how would you define them? Like, what's your definition of it?
2: My definition of a microaggression is someone that's trying to give you a loaded compliment. They tell you something that is meant to be a compliment, but their biases and their preconceived notions about a race jumps out. It comes screaming at you. And then you realize that they have these opinions because there's no reason for you to tell me that I'm I am very eloquent for a black person be- and I'm like why? Because deep rooted you don't believe that black people should be eloquent. So your preconceived notions jump out and they come through with their compliment and I'm no, like no longer amused. Like once it comes out I'm like oh, okay. I don't I don't want your
1: I don't want your compliment anymore. Sorry. <laughs> it's not even a compliment. It's just like it's, a it's not like compliment uh, like, no, not a it's not a compliment even at all though.
0: It's just like shut up. Like don't even
1: No one asked. Literally me. no one asked you.
0: Are there like any specific examples of ones that like you've experienced yourself? Because like I know you just said the the eloquence one, but like
2: yeah, I get you're pretty for a black girl like a lot. You're being educated or like having people assuming that I am like a first generation college student, which I am. But you shouldn't assume that just because I'm black. Like for that's like yeah. it, its own issue. Um, and then oh, wow, I, I get so. I don't know um where's your hair
1: can I touch your hair or anything like that? can I
2: touch your hair oh can I touch your hair my favorite one is like if I have like straight hair if I have like my natural hair and like the next day I'm gonna go get braids or whatever like the next day I have like braided hair it's very clearly different and it it's like 10 inches longer they're like your hair changes so quickly I'm like what come on come on like are you dumb or are you stupid
0: (laughs) Like, i just don't understand what these people are thinking because it's not like i would literally even go up to meg and be like oh my god can i touch your hair that's
1: so fucking weird do you know how weird that is like like
0: i just don't think people even realize like what they're saying or like what they're no
1: saying. no i just think that's so i never understood like the wanting to touch stuff. like i don't want anyone near me like don't, don't touch me don't touch my hair the fuck you yeah. what No, keep your hands (laughs) to yourself like right I don't know especially in this in this time like yeah (laughs) so how do you like recommend responding to microaggressions
2: this is like honestly it's a it's a if anything is a pick and choose your battles type of situation I think microaggressions are like key Mm -hmm. because like do I there's like a lot of uncomfortability that comes with it and if it's like in a workplace setting um it's like it's like one of those things where if you think you can't have this conversation and it will actually be beneficial and it doesn't require like you need me to talk to hr to do something like that then then yes go for it but i think it's very much a like case by case basis if someone says it in like a grocery store and i'm never going to talk to them again Mm-hmm. I will probably just brush off their compliment. If they ask me to touch my hair, I'm going to say no. Yeah. And then just, like, leave it be. But if yeah. it's a friend that says something um, a little bit questionable, because it's usually, like, well, yeah, I guess, like, with friends, I would, in, in my head, I'm like, my friends wouldn't ever ask me, like, to touch my hair yeah. or something like that. So that's very strange. But, like, I'm sure people have experienced that. And if it's, like, a friend – then you should be able to tell them like that's not okay and this is why it's not okay and this is why it comes across as a microaggression and don't do it again um Mm -hmm. and that's a confrontation like I'm willing to have but it's definitely like a pick and choose your battle type of situation
0: yeah so kind of wrapping up this episode is there anything left that you want to say anything you want to leave the audience with Oh, yes. I think
2: for the audience at home, if you are a white person, honestly, just be better, do better. Don't come to your white, your black friends for reassurance, to tell them to get a gold star. I've gotten that a lot. I had my um, performative allyship. It wasn't really geared towards anybody, but it was like a group like it was like a common theme, like throughout the week when I was like thinking of recording a podcast episode where I was like, I keep I keep seeing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people were like reaching out because I, I'm like, I said it in my episode, like if you thought it offends you, then it, or you felt like tied to it, or you felt like you were being addressed then you probably were because you probably have done something. So it allowed people to like, you know, think about their actions and like, you can reach out. Um, I've had, a, I had a couple people reach out and but like, don't expect a response. Like for me, I, I was like, like I just like liked the message. <laughs> I'm just like good. Like I'm. I said it in my episode. I say it again. And you mentioned it earlier. Like I, I don't, I don't congratulate a fish for swimming. Like you're not, you're just not gonna get it from me. So like, that would be my my advice for for white people. Keep doing, do better, or keep doing what you're doing to change and move the needle and make and invoke change. And for black people, I think now is the perfect time for us to be able to correct people and correct behavior that we at first felt like we had to allow because we wanted to make it in this world or have um career advances or professional advancements anything like that I think now is the perfect time to like be able to have these conversations and be uncomfortable and I, I definitely think you have to be able to like pick and choose because there have been like some conversations that I've like turned down because like it's different from like genuine understanding or and then people like wanting to put you under a microscope like have you talk about every like trauma that you've experienced so Mm -hmm. I think it's like for black people if if it doesn't feel right to you and it doesn't feel like something that you think is like conducive conversation then opt out you don't have to be like the spokesperson for the black community and I think that's something that we have to quickly learn because um I think people always like want the the one person to like be able to speak for the entire black community. And that's just like, not, that's just not the case. So that would be my, my two things. And I just want to say, thank you so much for one being able to put this conversation out here and be able to have those conversations because it's definitely at this point, like I can talk like out my ass about um, everything that's going on in the world, but it really means more to have the like white community be able to, first of all, amplify black voices and be able to care enough to, put this information out there and be able to give another understanding because like black people can say that it's been fucked up for forever but it it really is beneficial for like other white people to say like this is wrong and this is why Mm -hmm. so i I really appreciate you guys having me on and having this conversation
1: oh my god no we are so thankful that you wanted to come on because like obviously we know it's like it's really heavy and it's a lot to talk about but like i'm just so happy that we were able to like have this conversation and like address things and like because we see so much stuff on social media that just like isn't conducive to like making progress in the black community. So I think it's just amazing that you agreed to come on and talk about it because I know it's a, it's a big ask for sure.
2: Yeah and I, I, I definitely appreciate it. It's definitely something that is near and dear to me and I I, I do try to keep it like in a way that I'm like, okay, do I really stand by the people that I'm about to have my conversation with? And mm-hmm. I was like, I really appreciate everything that you guys put out. I genuinely believe that you guys are trying to like push change into there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm I'm willing to put my name alongside, oh, <laughs> alongside this group. So I'm much. like the stamp of approval. Like, yes.
0: Oh my God, We are <laughs> Mitchell approved. Oh my God, I'm honored, guys. I'm Nestle it's approved. approved. <laughs> no, but we love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. It turned out so good. Oh my God. Yes, I'm so excited.